the Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today, we're speaking with entrepreneur Stacey Blackman. Stacey started her career in private equity before going on to build a number of successful businesses, including leading MBA admissions consulting advisory firm, Stacey Blackman Consulting. I'm Stacy Blackman, and I live in Los Angeles. I did my MBA at the Kellogg Graduate School of Management at Northwestern University. Can I ask you um, just to perhaps talk us through the early part of your career? Yeah, so I graduated with a degree in economics um, from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. So I had sort of a a really strong pre-MBA business education. And when I graduated, I moved to San Francisco and I started working in private equity. I worked in private equity for four years and um, spent most of my time sitting at my desk behind a computer, running financial models, crunching numbers, and really wanting to be able to get more into the guts of a business and be more creative and execute rather than analyze. And so that's why I decided to go back to business school to just sort of um, give me a platform to shift gears from. Like, how did you decide um, where to apply and what sort of, um, you know, what was the decision making process like for you and also your experience with the course as well? So when I was in private equity, I was really dying to actually work operationally within a company. I was interested in marketing and I decided that I wanted to go back to business schools to switch gears and and transition my career into marketing. Um, I targeted Kellogg as really my number one choice for business school because they're known for having such a strong marketing curriculum. Um, I loved the culture of the school and and the teaching style and just so much about what that program stood for. Um, So I was super excited to be admitted. And I, I felt confident that I knew what I wanted to do with my business school education. I wanted to transition into working for a large um, consumer brand. And so hit the ground running, um, started going to, you know, informational events and joined the marketing club and did all the on-campus recruiting and ended up with a summer job at Pillsbury working for their Haagen-Dazs brand. The point of the summer internship is to give you experience in that role, um, but also kind of to test the waters and find out if you like it. Um, And interestingly, I found out I really didn't like working as a brand manager in such a big company. It just, I felt like my creativity was again stifled. I was sitting at a desk behind a computer, crunching numbers. In many ways, it wasn't that different from finance for me. So when I went back for my second year, I really needed to regroup. I thought I had a plan and now I needed to come up with a whole new plan and decide what I wanted to do with my life post-business school. 
And, you know, it was a bit of a panic kind of trying to redefine so quickly and again, switch gears. Um, I ended up joining forces with two of my very good friends, two of my classmates, and uh, we started brainstorming ideas for businesses and ended up during our second year of business school launching a dot-com. It was an online gift registry. And um, by the time we graduated, we had sold that company. So ended up with a very different experience that I went in thinking I would have. But I think in many ways, that's the beauty of the MBA. You're in this incredibly um, creative, thoughtful, you know, exchange of ideas environment. Um, So many smart people with so many interesting perspectives and different backgrounds. And if you really take the plunge and seize the opportunity, you're bound to kind of change your mind. You're, you're going to learn about yourself and about business and, and um, you may switch gears. I think it was a bit serendipitous. I was, you know, really just chatting with some of my friends and sharing war stories about our summer experiences and talking about what we liked and didn't like. And, you know, just being creative. We talked about writing a book and we talked about different business ideas. And I think initially we weren't even really taking it seriously. It was just kind of fun to brainstorm together. But as we continued to brainstorm, we got excited about this idea. Um, I don't know that at the time I decided, oh, I'm no longer going to do marketing. Now I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Um, That's just sort of the way things unfolded for me. Do you think that your background in economics and private equity gave you a bit more confidence or was was that not really um, a factor? I think that being a student is a great time to start a business. It wasn't as scary for me because it wasn't like, oh, I'm used to working and and paying my rent and, and, you know, taking care of my kids and now I'm going to stop everything and start this company. I was sort of in a very safe environment where I didn't have much to lose. Um, I, I, at the time I was, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen with the business. So I was still continuing with some of the um, on-campus recruiting and having discussions about getting a job. Um, But at the same time, I was working on this business concept and we were able to fully leverage all of the gifts of business school, Um, conversations with professors. We did an independent study. We did all this networking. We participated in a big on-campus business plan competition. So it was like this beautiful opportunity to just explore. And it was a, a lot lower risk. I think since that time, I've continued to be very entrepreneurial. And um, I've, I've kind of grown into that, realizing that I really do like to be my own boss. I like to be able to control my own destiny and, um, and sort of explore at my own pace. But at the time, it was just sort of a very safe place to do that. Um, and then so tell us a bit about what happened next, I guess. So after your MBA, um, what did you, um, what did you go and do and how did you come to start um, Stacey Blackman Consulting? So we sold the company to a 
bigger company in San Francisco right before graduation. And then after graduation, we actually moved to San Francisco and the three of us began to work on our concept, but employed by the acquiring company. Um, So we, we were able to, you know, continue on with our smaller business within that larger um, setting. And we worked there for about a year. We launched our, our new brand. Um, And then we, once it was launched, we felt like we were kind of getting lost in the bigger company and we all decided to leave and we became resident entrepreneurs where we were evaluating other businesses, um, a little bit like a VC. I ended up getting married and I left, we decided to travel. So I took like six months off. We were traveling around the world and I got back and it was like a week before 9-11. So I got back. I had planned to, you know, what was my next step with my big career? But 9-11 happened in San Francisco. Everything shut down. It was sort of like 9-11, dot-com implosion. Um, No one was hiring. Headhunting firms closed down, like literally shuttered for a year. Um, everything went quiet and I was kind of in a place where I needed to reinvent and be creative again. Um, so I did end up actually getting a job. I, I was working, um, for Charles Schwab and their online marketing. Um, but before I landed that job, I came up with the idea for Stacey Blackman Consulting. And I just sort of threw it out into the universe. Um, Does anyone need help with their MBA applications? And this was kind of before there were services coaching people on their MBA applications. So I just didn't even know if anyone would be interested in it. Um, I sent an email to this group and kind of waited. And a couple weeks later, no one had replied. And I thought, okay, you know, I thought it was an interesting idea, but doesn't seem to really um, resonate with anyone. But then someone did reply to me and I got my first client and um, I worked with this client and (laughs) worked, you know, probably 500 hours for $500. Um, It wasn't about making money. It was just kind of about helping my client and validating the concept. And from there, it really did take off. And he referred some clients and it snowballed from there. I also did work at Schwab in this marketing role for a year, but left after a year to really grow Stacy Blackman Consulting. So in the beginning, it was a bit of a whim and a bit of a side hustle. But the truth is that it really played on a lot of my interests and leveraged my strengths. You, you said that it, it was sort of growing pretty rapidly. What, what was kind of the biggest challenge um, that came with that? Um, well, for me, I mean, it was kind of juggling my personal life with business. I, um, I launched Stacey Blackman Consulting without any children. I now have three And I wanted to be a a sort of certain type of mom, a hands-on mom. So I was kind of juggling that tension between spending time with my kids, raising my children, and really scaling this business. And that required that I bring people 
into the fold and grow my team. So I grew my team. I grew both the the consultant bandwidth by bringing in really strong consultants. Um, and then I also grew by bringing in people to help with sales and admin and blog writing and marketing and all the different functions, customer service, um, social media, all of it. Um, so that that was definitely a challenge, like figuring out how to scale at the right plate, at the right pace, hiring the right people, um, and managing the team. Challenges of job hunting um, after nine eleven. Um, obviously, at the moment, the whole world is also going through a a very kind of um, major event. How does the market and the way things are now on the job front? How do you feel it compares to your experiences? Um, following 9-11? I, I think it's very similar in a lot of ways. And I've, I've been thinking about this over the past year. Um, it's similar, you know, it's a challenging time, so challenging for so many people in so many different ways. Um, for me, 9-11 forced me to really be scrappy and creative and reinvent and and look to my strengths and interests and build something on my own. I think that as hard as this time is with COVID, there's a similar opportunity um, for so many people. I know that I've had some small pivots within Stacey Blackman Consulting and we're doing some different things kind of in response to what has happened over the past year. so I think, you know, it can be challenging, but out of those challenges can can grow the greatest gifts and, and opportunities. And so, you know, I've really been encouraging people to look for those opportunities through this, this crisis. So Stacey Blackman Consulting, it focused on uh, MBA admission and, and GMAT. As an expert yeah. in that, what advice from your experience would you give to MBA applicants possibly listening to the podcast? I think that, you know, one of the biggest questions that we get is, what should I do to get into business school? What I, I have three job offers. Which one should I accept? Or I know I need to do community service. What, what type of activity should I take on? And um, my biggest advice is, you can do anything you want, right? Like, I've worked with clients, I've worked with doctors, athletes, musicians, like very unusual backgrounds. Um, But you've got to love it because in order to get into a great business school, you really need to rise to the top. And that happens through hustle and grit and also just kind of your own intrinsic passions and interests and excitement about it. So I think um, whatever you do, become the best at it, become a leader, make sure it's something that you truly love and um, that you can thrive in and sort of pave your own way. Hmm. That's great advice. That's brilliant. So wonderful. So then tell us about your your new venture, Strike Club. So um, Stacey Blackman Consulting is 20 years old. Um, We have built out an absolutely phenomenal team. and, and still to this day, I love interacting with our clients and learning their stories and helping them succeed. That's really, really a passion of mine. But along the way, other things have triggered my interests, and I'm kind of someone who can't sit still. I love 
trying and doing new things. And as a mother of three, I have um, an 18-year-old son and two younger daughters. And I started to notice that their hygiene habits and self-care routines are very, very different and that there is a lot of support for girls Mm -hmm. um, and instructions and tools, and there just isn't for boys. And in fact, um, at least in the U.S., it's almost considered, it's like embarrassing to care what you look like if you're a boy. It's it's embarrassing to engage in self-care. And so I teamed up with three other partners, including a pediatric dermatologist, and we developed a line of skincare tools for teen boys to empower them to care for themselves and um, to give them great tools that are clean and effective um, and different than what's on the market and really created for guys, like thinking about the way that guys live their lives and that they don't want a 10-step routine and and they want to multitask and make it quick and easy. So we launched in January 2020 with this um, skincare line, and it is now available in Target stores across the U.S. and Target.com, as well as on our website, StrikeClub.com. That's brilliant. That's really wonderful. I totally agree with you about that. As far as as far as you know, men not really getting that same the same kind of nurturing because it's important to take care of your skin. It's important to take care of you. So, boys, you know, they're under so much pressure, especially during their teenage years, and it's the selfie generation, and they're constantly online and in pictures. And right now, they're on Zoom, staring at their faces twenty four seven. No one wants pimples. You know, they want to look their best. They're struggling with all these hormones and insecurities. And yet again, so they're they're supposed to look good, but they're not supposed to try to look good. And they're they're supposed to look good, but they're not given tools to help them achieve that. So, you know, it's this weird conflict that, you know, in addition to creating products to help boys look and feel their best, we're just trying to change that whole conversation about boys and grooming. What makes a great entrepreneur? Um, so ma- well, first of all, I'm I'm trying to figure that out, right? <laughs> I'm not there yet, but um, I do have some experience. I think um, one thing is being able to work in an environment of uncertainty, and you know, you, you don't have a boss telling you what to do. You don't have a handbook. You're really forging entirely new territory. So you need to be able to act and take steps forward and make decisions in this very uncertain environment. Um, You also have to, you know, be a real self-starter again, because no one's telling you what to do. You have to wake up every morning and and decide what to do and take those actions. Um, I also think a big part of being an entrepreneur, I say this all the time, begin before you're ready. Um, many times I think entrepreneurs are, are waiting until they have the funding or the time or the perfect idea or the most polished business plan, and they end up waiting forever. Um, the truth is we're never going to have enough you know, time, money, resources, access. So being a good entrepreneur, you've just got to take the plunge before you're ready, before it's perfect, and be willing 
to operate in that imperfect environment and just take those little steps to get things moving. And that's great advice. I really couldn't agree more. I think just taking the plunge and doing, because you're going to make mistakes. You can, but you learn along the way and you just kind of go and you grow. But if you never try, then you'll never start. Exactly. That's all for today's Modern MBA podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Marie. If you like this episode, remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And you can get access to articles and more great content by visiting our website, themodernmba.co.uk, or you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Until next time, bye! Bye!